Captain, Captain, it's a little guy. Little? He's the smallest. What the fuck, Captain? What use is he? Welcome to the Mad Max Minute, where we're one Italian plumber and a turtle short of a Super Mario Brothers movie in Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, one minute at a time. I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. And today we're talking about Minute 75, which begins with Max replacing the large grate at the opening of a pipe, and it ends with Max trying to keep track of the smaller kids in the group. Sometimes shocking, always controversial, they deal with the topics that the other talk shows are afraid to touch. They pry, they poke, they dig deep, they get answers, they get the facts, and most of all, they get the ratings. They're Jonathan and Tabitha Carlisle from the upcoming UHF 60 Second Podcast. Oh man, that was another good intro. I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm speechless. That was awesome. like you actually put thought into this maybe once we're done with the mad max minute i'll just stick to intros all the minute podcasts can hire you for their intros you can exactly i'll be the don pardo of the movies by minutes world nice or the uh <laughs> if i could remember names it would be a better joke but uh, what's the, the the announcer guy in this movie oh dr, dr. deal good yeah. yes. yes you could do that do everything in rhyme <laughs> i don't know if i could do that <laughs> I believe in you. I think you can. It would take a lot of prep time, but... (laughs) (laughs) No more rhymes now. Exactly. I mean it. (laughs) Anybody want a peanut? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Hey, aren't we talking about some people breaking and entering into some place? Yes, we are. Because we start off this minute with Max rolling the grate back over the entrance to this pipe that he and Savannah are in. And the first uh, third of this minute is just Max, Savannah, and Anna Goanna crawling through these pipes trying to catch up to the others. You know, be a great time coming out to the coast. And <laughs> die hard reference. You know, that type of thing. <laughs> that, that would make everything so much easier if we could just reference everything by just saying what the reference is. Yeah. You say, UHF reference. <laughs> Obviously, Max being at the tail end of this little caravan, wondering where everybody is, Anna, not helpfully, says, oh, they've gone ahead. And so Max is like, well, how far? And Anna says, oh, a long way. He says, can you see them? She says, only just. And Savannah, probably channeling what everybody watching this scene is thinking, says, what are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) The short answer is crawling. When you're watching it, I feel like the tunnel is so much shorter than I'm sure what it's supposed to be. Probably just the way it's cut. It's like they start crawling and then they're there. And so I don't think about it being long, but it probably is if they can't see who's up ahead. But visually, I just see it as a short tunnel. Is this supposed to be a sewer tunnel because they say it stinks? or? But I don't know why it would be sewer if it's way up high. What is this tunnel supposed I, to be for? I think these tunnels are supposed to be air vents so that... people in underworld can get fresh air oh it probably just stinks because of all the pigs right what gives me pause to that idea is the fact that no one has thought to set up any sort of fan system to pull or push the air in or out that seems like a simple thing to add and maybe they just don't have anyone in barter town that's ever worked on an hvac system before well auntie's penthouse has some sort of fan that's true and there's a fan in the entryway to barter town where the collector sits 
So they know about fans. Yeah, they know about, hey, it feels nicer when the air is moving rather than when it's sitting still. Yeah, because that's got to be so hot and gross down there. Oh, yeah. Let's start off with the fact that it's a cave. Caves are famously not good at keeping air moving. And fill that cave with 400 pigs. That's so gross. And a bunch of fires burning everywhere to process the pig poop. Just, ugh. (laughs) It's been a while since we've been in Underworld, but I'm not sure. I'm glad to be back just because of how (laughs) Underworld is as a place. Oh, I know. Growing up, we had friends that had a pig farm and we go out there to spend time and play. And it was just the moment you pulled up and got out of the car, it was just so strong the smell of pigs <laughs> and you get used to it after you were there so i'm sure those that are down there they're probably used to the smell of it but i mean that was only like you know they probably had 10 pigs so being in a place like this it's got to smell so bad i know that nose blindness is a thing because i watch air freshener commercials they talk about nose blindness and how you need to keep your room fresh even if you don't think it smells bad (laughs) but i find it hard to believe that you can neutralize the scent of 400 pigs (laughs) just outrageous Especially without proper ventilation. Yeah, we, we know we know people that own farms and stuff, but there I don't know why, but there was especially one time in my life when I was a teenager that we went somewhere and we stayed one night at a farm, and the clothes that I wore to bed that night smelled the same way every time after that, no matter how many times I washed them. Oh. Oh no. I don't know why, like, it was just that one time, but, but yeah, the, the, uh, the shorts I was wearing, like, every time I'd wash them, I'm like, nope, they still smell like the farm. Oh, it's so disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> I was browsing around on Facebook today, and I saw an old video from probably an equally old episode of Mythbusters where they were talking about cows and the methane that they produce. And what I found interesting is that cows produce an equal about of methane from the rear end as they do out the front end because cows burp and they burp out methane. So I don't know if pigs and cows are exactly the same because I know bovines have a four stomach digestion system that's really complicated and whatnot. But oh, just the idea of rancid pig breath on top (laughs) of all the poop that's getting swirled around in those giant vats. Mm, no thank you wow way to ruin underworld (laughs) (laughs) it was it was it not ruined before (laughs) oh man my ranting it's going to be a huge blow to the underworld tourism bureau (laughs) i like how quiet they're trying to be but but when he shuts that grate at the beginning of the minute it makes a nice clang when he gets mm-hmm. it shut and, and yeah, he keeps shushing them, but but uh, I don't know if they're actually being that quiet. Yeah, I think they're being pretty loud. There's an awful lot of conversation going on for a group of people trying to be quiet. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure the kids have ever had to be quiet like this before. <laughs> Is this whispering? <laughs> they faced adversaries in the form of beasts that they were trying to hunt but have they ever been under attack have they ever had to hide from someone i don't really think so are you asking if they've ever had to hunt the most dangerous game yes yes i am (laughs) 
But you can definitely tell they're out of their depth in this situation. And even Savannah doesn't quite know what's going on because as they catch up to Kusha and Tubba, who are just sitting at the end of a pipe, Savannah just straight up asks, what's our plan? What's our program, more specifically? So Max's grand plan, as I mentioned in the storybook, they don't have food, they don't have water. And so Max is telling them that they're looking for someone. Now, Savannah doesn't believe that they could find anyone in here, says that that idea is just jerk time, which is fast become one of the standout phrases in this movie. <laughs> have you guys seen uh, Josie and the Pussycats live action movie? Yes. I have not. Do they, are they referencing this or is that just a happy coincidence? Because they, they have a scene where they're, uh, you know, it's like the hyper MTV that's actually having a, uh, they actually have the conspiracy theory going. They're, well, it's the actual conspiracy, I guess, that they are trying to form the pop culture for monetary gain. And so they have, they kind of breeze by some people that are like making the new cool words and they talk about jerking. And uh, so when I, obviously that came out way later than this movie, but the first time I watched this movie, I was like, oh, hey, someone actually used jerkin. (laughs) (laughs) It's entirely possible. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely never would have thought of Josie and the Pussycats, that's for sure. Yeah. I still don't know if that's good or bad, though. In this context, it's a bad thing. Jerking time means wasting time. Oh, okay. I get it now. So Max has to counter that statement that looking for someone in bar, that looking for someone in Underworld is just a waste of time with saying, no, there's a little guy with the knowing of a lot of things. Understand? And Savannah comes back with, yeah. And Max says, yeah, well, shut up. <laughs> Less talking, more looking. You know, for someone who's telling them to shut up, he's the one talking more than uh, others. That's always how it happens. Yeah. <laughs> those, those loud shushers. It's like, you, you stop shushing. You're so loud. Yeah. So it's so it's plain to me that Max is thinking that because he spared Blaster's life in the Thunderdome, that he can find Master and cut a deal with him for food, water, whatever they need to get out of there. I was actually really surprised that master was the one he was looking for in there i would have thought that he would be looking for pig killer Mm -hmm. because pig killer knows the ropes he has some kind of mild loyalty to max and he would he might be able to slip them a pig Mm -hmm. or some food or some water something as far as allies go in barter town slash underworld pig killers really all max has yeah as a more or less friend that's probably not the right word i think (laughs) pig killer is more friends with max than max is friends with pig killer (laughs) in this instance And I assumed Max was looking to take advantage of that friendship. Yeah. See, for some reason, I never even thought about resources. I just thought that he was going for uh, for the brains, basically. Whether he actually wanted to take them to Tomorrow Morrowland or not, they need mechanics. They need fuel to get where they're going. And so I figured that's why he wanted Master, was to make their way across the desert. Well, that's the great part about this next section of the movie. Because Max has a very simple plan. Get in, find Master, get supplies, Return to the crack in the earth. Everyone around him has a different plan. (laughs) Pig killer has a different plan. Master has a different plan. Auntie certainly has a different plan. Max has a very simple idea. And it's the one that I keep mentioning. It's got maybe two or three steps. Pig killer, on the other hand, really just hijacks the entire situation. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Max is just along for the ride. <laughs> I love how Master's sitting in this pen, though. That that everything that we've described about what this place must smell like, what it must be like, 
in there, he looks just like how I would. That, that's how I feel like I would be is just sitting there, just leaning back, just taking it all in, even though I don't want to. Yeah, he's completely dejected. Yeah. And he used to have such a good situation. He has that little red caboose at the back of the steam methane generator train thing. That's his little apartment, I can assume. And now he's got to sleep down in among the pigs. And we actually see Master after Max squeezes past Kusha and Tubba, they're kind of bogarting the front of the pipe, the best view of Underworld. And so as Max is looking for Master, it's actually Kusha who spots the pen, says, it's him, it's him, Captain, it's the little guy. And of course, Tubba pipes up with his commentary saying, little, he's the smallest. And then Tubba goes ahead and burns the only F word that you're allowed to use in a PG-13 movie. <laughs> he says, what the F, Captain, what use is he? And of course, Max immediately shushes him, tells him to be quiet. <laughs> so they know about bad words. Mm-hmm. They know about screws. I'm trying to trying to build this little world that we've got going here. <laughs> so fun fact about Master: the screenplay reveals to us his real name. Ooh, yes, and it's Elvis Ford. Oh, Elvis wow. Ford. Elvis Ford. I need to know the context around the revelation of that name. Okay, well, here's the whole sentence. In the middle of the hogs, in a small pen of his own, lay Elvis Ford, once the master of Underworld, now living like an animal, guarded by animals. So they just drop his name out of nowhere. Absolutely. There is no context. Except, I guess the context is that he is no longer master. Yeah. Master and Blaster were those things relative to each other. Hmm. And now that Master is not Master of Blaster, he's not Master at all. He is back to being Elvis Ford. So if tables had turned and Master was dead, I guess, or gone, I wonder what Blaster's real name would be. I was just thinking the same thing. I don't know if I can beat Elvis Ford, though. I was just going to throw a name <laughs> out there, but that's that's so wonderfully crazy. It's a pretty great name. I suspect that Blaster's last name was also Ford. I think there was a familial relationship here. I think that's quite possible. Of a father more or less exploiting his son. <laughs> so maybe he also had the name of a entertainer. Maybe he was like the big bopper or something. <laughs> <laughs> bopper Ford? <laughs> yeah. I say, did Elvis have any sons? I don't know. Mm, no, I think he only had Priscilla. No, he had Priscilla. Michael Jackson sort of as a post-mortem son-in-law. <laughs> post-mortem. Oh, yeah, I guess. After okay. I so maybe Blaster's real name could have been Michael Ford. Maybe. Yeah, so. Although big lumbering guy like that, you almost expect him to have a more down-home name like Henry. Cletus or something Bud. like that. <laughs> <laughs> Bubba. Bubba Ford. There we go. That works. Do people tend to have names that they made up that have to do with things that were so you know there's elvis there's ford automobiles there's you know there's different things that even the kids names that um they seem to be reflective of things in the past hmm. does that make sense it does i think in these two societies their naming conventions are a little bit different but at the heart i think they're the same that people get to choose their own names the waiting ones because they didn't remember the names that their parents gave them or they just made them up on their own and with Bartertown, society collapses and you stumble upon this new society, you get to introduce yourself as whatever you want. There's no documentation saying who you were. You know, we stick with our names throughout our lives. Well, one, because that's how we 
know ourselves, but it's because that's what's on our birth certificate and that's what's on our driver's license and that's what's on our paycheck. Like that name follows us everywhere and it's written down and recorded. But for the inhabitants of Barter Town, that's not the case. So if they feel like calling themselves Auntie Entity, which is not a real name, they get to. That makes sense. And I like that you brought up Auntie because it's one of her core backstory components that before the great calamity consumed civilization she was no one and on the day after she was still alive and got to reinvent herself into whoever she wanted to be and she chose to be a settlement builder she chose to be this leader of men and whatnot the collector probably had a name but you know what he does every day he collects so he's now the collector. Yeah. Dr. Dealgood, his last name could legitimately be Dealgood. Or he could have made that up for himself. And it's an interesting idea. I think that's why so many people enjoy the idea of a post-apocalypse. It's like going from middle school to high school or high school to college or college to the working world. There are these transition points where you can redefine yourself in your own terms and cast off what was before. And the post-apocalypse lets people do that. Very true. I thought about renaming myself when I went to college, so. <laughs> Do Dr. Dealgood? Yeah, Dr. Dealgood. I'm Tabitha no more. <laughs> I'm not sure if I had any great instances in my life where I thought I could like redefine myself like I went away for my freshman year of college so there might have been an instance there where I decided to change my personality a bit but I think once I got there I just became my just turned back into myself there wasn't any great change that happened yeah I don't know I can't think of anything I had a few times like that actually I had a really bad elementary school experience so when I left the elementary school and went to the middle school um, where there were all these different elementary schools coming together it was a good time to kind of shake off some things and uh, start over. But really, when I did go to college, because I didn't know anybody there, uh, that was a big time to really just feel like I could be myself more. So I wasn't really inventing myself. I was just feeling like I could be myself more um, that I couldn't in high school. So that was a big redefining moment, I guess I would say for me. Yeah, I think going away is one of those instances, like when I was little, like, elementary school age people would call me ricky with a y at the end and i was able to at some point between schools middle school to high school or whatever i was able to let people know okay you can drop the y yeah i can just be rick now yeah <laughs> i'm fine with that yeah you say that but there are still people who call me little ricky's wife <laughs> yeah we don't associate with those people anymore because they're obnoxious <laughs> <laughs> the very first time I heard someone call Jonathan Johnny, I was like, what? Because he doesn't even <laughs> go by John all that much as Jonathan. So uh, there's just like one person, I think, pretty much that would refer to him as Johnny. And I was so shocked. <laughs> there's, there's always those people in your life that can get away with that kind of stuff. I know. I have a few that call yeah. me Tabby that I let get away with it, but I, I don't let people normally get away with calling me Tabby. <laughs> there's only a few. <laughs> That's funny. Julie, I used to. I was always more you, playful you, with reinventing myself. Like I, I always like on a temporary basis. But if like we were doing like a some kind of weekend event, I would always think about these crazy things of like carrying around a like a notepad around my neck and basically just try to convince people that I was mute. And so I would just. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, the, but I didn't know sign language. You know, I could hear them, but I would have to write out my my sayings on a notepad. Um, and I never oh I never went goodness. forward with it. But I, I would always think about like, hey, why don't I do that this weekend? I don't know. 
probably a good reason that I that I didn't go through with some of that stuff. But <laughs> yeah, probably a good thing. Probably. I'm assuming that you never got into one of those things where you're like, oh, I want to be called Than or something no, like no, that. No. Yeah, call me Sting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Julia, you moved around a bunch when you were younger and even into adulthood. Did you ever like try to just become a different person? No, I never did. <laughs> I suppose maybe that says something about that I like myself or something positive like that. It yeah. doesn't. I'm just kind of lazy. <laughs> like <laughs> That's a lot of effort. <laughs> and it's so much easier just to be yourself and just let that happen. Whatever, just whatever. It, that's just the path of least resistance. And I'm all about the path of least resistance. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I feel like this is more or less the turning point for the Waiting One storyline. We had a bunch of Barter Town at the onset. We wandered out into the desert. We found the Waiting Ones. We had that whole thing. And now we're finally getting back into the part of the story that I prefer to watch. <laughs> yeah, we definitely have these two worlds that we have analyzed in depth. And they're now colliding. Yeah. And just a quick side note, the screenplay is divided up in chapters and they name the chapters. And the name of this chapter is The Fall of Barter Town. So this is the beginning of the end. So we see Master chilling out in his little pen. Does everybody that works there, do they have a similar pen? Because I'm I'm wondering if they just gave him this pen just so the pigs wouldn't eventually eat him because he's so small. Yeah, I imagine there is a great risk of him falling prey to a pig. <laughs> so they need to protect him somehow. I like that they just they yes. just did it in the middle of the floor though. Like they didn't yeah. they didn't put him in a you know, they didn't put him somewhere safe. They just built up four little walls and just said, eh, right here. Just right in the middle. Yeah. I'm willing to bet the people that are held captive in Underworld probably might have a little patch of hay they can curl up on. They definitely don't have a cot or any sort of protected area because they're prisoners. Why would they? They get to go watch Thunderdome matches, but that might be the most luxurious thing they get to do. Right. There are basic human rights, after all. <laughs> At least we hope there would be. And Pig Killer does say that the life expectancy is only two to three years. Yeah. If you're sleeping on the floor and a pig comes along and sits on your face, <laughs> good luck breathing with all that pig in your face and boom, suffocated. So what are those guys doing up top? Are they playing really, oh. playing a game or magic tricks or what are they doing? Oh my gosh, are they actually playing the game? They describe a game in the screenplay in quite a lot of detail. Are they playing a, an arm wrestling type game in the movie? Um, I don't, it's weird because they're not like touching it. At least what we see in this minute, it looks like they're just like posing. Like, hey, check out my kung fu pose. It's going to be revealed better next week. But, you know, we're already talking about it. So we're going to stick with it. And we do get a pretty good sight at a distance from it. So it's more or less a arm wrestling game. But instead of holding on to the other person, you're tied to a handle and you're pulling down. Oh, okay. And the reason you're pulling down is because the handle is attached to a rope that goes up through a pulley system and back down to the other person and in between the handle and the pulleys are a bunch of big metal spikes attached to a plate so if you relax your arm and let the other person pull your hand up into that plate you're gonna get stabbed okay i see it now but without that context i have no idea what's going on yeah it's their version of over the top, I guess. I mean, I haven't seen that movie, so I can't make any more references <laughs> to it. 
Well, in the same community that has a Thunderdome, this only makes sense. Yeah. Okay. That Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But you're right. In the shadows and what we're looking at, it yeah, it looks like they're having a pose off. <laughs> and the guy on the right is looks like he's got like a, a set of nunchucks or something that he's playing with oh yeah it there's a total of four of them up on the platform uh one off to the seated guards left the seated guard iron bar and then another headdress wearing guard off to the right and they're definitely having a friendly competition to see who wins this contest so those guys on the side are definitely rooting for someone we can't exactly hear who they're rooting for though i want that thing that he's holding to be some kind of like really weird like just like a scoring system and yeah whoever's whoever makes it like a nice little move or something he's like oh two points great job like an abacus yeah yeah something like that it almost looks like he's holding a uh, leather flail or something like that something to hit people with and so he's snapping it right next to iron bar's ear trying to get him to finish somehow that's dangerous to interfere with the man in charge well yeah but he's one of the guards they're probably all chummy chummy all right <laughs> What's a little stabbing in your hand, I guess? Is anybody chummy chummy exactly. there, do you think? Like, are people really friends? That's a good question. I'm not sure the society has room for friendship. That's what I was it's a thinking. bit cutthroat. I would like to believe that amongst the guards in Auntie's employ, there's a camaraderie, you know, a brothers in arms situation between all of them. But then again, I'm a bit of an optimist. <laughs> I kind of feel like the level of friendship that you might get in this place would be to the point of like, if you're ever in Thunderdome, I'll put a little extra gas in the chainsaw, but, but, you know, <laughs> not like I'll, I'll help you out, but I'll just, you know, I'll let you die a little less quickly or something. I don't know. I'll root for you. It's like, we're friends. I like you, but I love food and water. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so if the option comes up between you or food and water... Sorry, pal. I'm going for the food and water. Yeah, I don't think it runs too deep. Except for Pig Killer, apparently. Oh, yeah. Pig Killer just wants a friend. I have a friend at work who called me up one day. We work in separate offices. She called me up one day and just decided we were friends now. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> we've been friends for like two years. <laughs> Like, I knew of her. I had met her in person a couple of times, but she just called me up one day and we just started chatting and that was it. We've been friends ever since. Nice. That was easy. You would fill her chainsaw yeah. with extra gas? <laughs> I would absolutely help her out in Thunderdome. <laughs> Surreptitiously, of course. Not at the cost of my own life. <laughs> See, Pig Killer just needs to find his Kira Knightley. He's seeking a friend for the end of the world. So he's the Steve Carell in this situation. Ah. Yeah. Admittedly, I haven't seen that movie either. Neither have I. I haven't either. <laughs> I'm torn because it's Steve Carell and I really enjoy him. I'd like to see a movie, but I cannot stand Kira Knightley. So I would not like to see her in a movie. So I'm torn. <laughs> Well, you just have to find some fan edit that doesn't have her parts. It just has his parts. Ooh. There you go. I can't be the only one out there that really likes him and doesn't like her. I don't know. I don't think this is a Star Wars situation. I don't know how many people are editing women out of <laughs> <laughs> Well, crap. Movie. When you put it that yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound that good. But No. Oh, so I think we've more or less hit the end of this minute. We had, This was an interesting week. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of child death. More than we're used to. And here at the end, a whole lot of climbing through pipes. But we've gotten to a point where things are going to ramp up. And I'm excited. Jonathan, 
Tabitha, is there anything you'd like to plug here at the end of the week? Yes, we are, uh, well, a longtime friend of mine. He would definitely put more gas in my chainsaw. It's David Johnson. Him and I are working on UHF 62nd. Uh, Tabitha's definitely working in the background, and we will we'll hear her on the podcast. Um, but we are we're working on that. Uh, we've got some, some kind of preview episodes out, so uh, you can listen to those and just wait super patiently for us to come out with the other stuff um but yeah we'll be going through uhf uh sort of minute by minute pretty close but uh um but yeah it's gonna be fun yeah i think the plan that you've got in place is that you're going to go a minute and then just a tiny bit extra just a, just right? a tiny bit 62 seconds there you go <laughs> so where can people yeah, find I... the the oh, yeah. episodes you've already put out yeah that's uh uhf 62nd.com so uhf 62nd and uh, we do have a Facebook group, Town Talk with UHF 62nd, so you can chat it up. We've got all kinds of stuff going on with Weird Al's on tour, and so there's definitely stuff to talk about. But uh, yeah, we got to get those podcast episodes out. Very cool. I'm very much looking forward to that one. UHF is one of my favorite movies to come out of the 80s, so very much looking forward to it. <laughs> It's going to be fun. He's got a lot of stuff up his sleeve. It's going to be good. <laughs> and if any of our listeners tune in to listen to that, who knows? You might hear some familiar voices from time to time. You never know. Anything can happen. As for us coming up on this next Monday, we're going to see Eddie initiate first contact with a familiar face. And Screwloose is going to fail a stealth check and be discovered by the guards. So that's coming up on Monday. As for the weekend show, that is still running. We are in week 25 of our coverage of Hook. Pan is locked in Mortal Kombat with Captain Hook, but with a little assurance from his children and the help of the Lost Boys and Tinkerbell, Peter is going to outmaneuver Hook. And thanks to a well-placed crocodile, finally rid Neverland of the dreaded pirate once and for all. We are winding to the end of that movie. It's been a great ride. We hope that if you haven't joined us already, You'll go over to our Patreon. It's only three bucks a month. You get to listen to all of it all at once. You can binge it. Great binging material. But if you're not in the Patreon mood, that's fine. We will be back on Monday, and we look forward to seeing you then. The Mad Max Minute Podcast is a fan project by Rick and Julia Ingham. The Mad Max franchise was created by George Miller and Byron Kennedy, is presented by Kennedy Miller Mitchell Productions, and distributed by Warner Brothers. Mad Max Minute is produced and edited by Rick Ingham. Our opening music is Verdi's Dies Irae by Daniel Batista of DanielBatista.com. And our outro music is We Don't Need Another Hero by MilitiaVox of MilitiaVox.com. Our home on the internet is MadMaxMinute.com. You can follow us on Twitter at MadMaxMinute, like us on Facebook by searching for MadMaxMinute, and join our Facebook listener group, MadMaxMinute Beyond Microphone. If you'd like to support the podcast, visit MadMaxMinute.com where you can check out our Tee Public storefront by clicking the store link join our patreon by clicking the support link or make a one-time donation by clicking the donate link thank you for joining us for minute 75 of beyond thunderdome we'll see you next time Everybody say-